introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he oh, pitches it this. to Mo oh, Williams. Touchdown! You got a big Right, once again, we are back. It has been a little too long, but I am back. We got the full crew here, the originals, the climbing, the pocket crew, everybody back together once again. And just to pour salt in the wound, keep things going like we always go. QB1, how you doing? How you been? What's going on with you, my good, man? man? Daddy life is it's busy, but it's good. It's keeping me busy. And y'all know my. My work life is always busy, too, so busy is the best way to describe it. There we go. Busy's good, though. Busy's good. And uh, wide receiver one, Miles over here, uh, saw you over there picking up the sticks, doing work. You winning, you losing. What's going on over there on 2K? We're in the playoffs. I'm winning. Uh, okay. I don't lose. Come on now. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I'm doing all right, though. Busy. Seems to be. I was the, playing uh, on rookie over there. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. This is step up. This is step up in that. And uh, last but certainly not least, Saxy Prince over there with the good lighting. Nothing on the walls, but the good lighting going on. How you doing, my man? We doing good, man. We doing good. Uh, it's been a while since we all been back together. We missed this this atmosphere. So uh, let's just hop right into it. We got yeah, some things to talk about. All right, let's do it. So I'm gonna go ahead. Jr. ain't been here for a little while, so I'm gonna put him on the spot right out the gate. Uh, Jr. Should there be a football season this year? I know there's been a, they, you know they came to an agreement. They're gonna try to work some things out. You but know with you're uh, asking the wrong guy first. I, I I know I know, but that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna get right to it. We're gonna put him on the spot right away. Uh, not do we want a season? Not would it be nice if there was a season? But just based on what we know right now, do you feel like there should be a season this year? Should there be? No. Will there be? Absolutely. Just because there's so there's too much money to lose with the NFL. Like everyone knows, it's a million dollar. We're really a billion dollar corporation, and there's no way. Like they would have to burn every single stadium down in the world for them not to have a football season. There's just too much money to lose, and there's no way these billion dollar owners are going to let a virus that is super serious um, not let them play the games this year. So should there be a season? No, but will there be? Absolutely, and I think we're going to get some type of season with these power five conferences as well, just because money is king in power five conferences in college and also the NFL. And that's why you see these FCS schools, division two schools saying, screw it. We're not playing this year. We don't have the money to cover these lawsuits that are coming with it, but these power five schools, they have the money to do it. And then of course the NFL has the money to cover up some of the stuff that happens. So I think we'll get some type of a season with these power five schools. And of course, I think the NFL will have a full season. Now that's not to say that the season will finish, just because I think some stuff is going to happen. I think something crazy is going to happen. Do I hope something crazy happens? Of course not. But, I mean, it's inevitable, man. We know it's coming. It's going to be a train wreck. Somebody's going to catch the virus. Who is is it going to be? I have no idea, but we know it's coming. Yeah, and Miles, so as you're looking at this thing, um, like JR said, you know, the NFL's going forward. They're not really following the NBA's lead with, like, putting everyone in the bubble. They're not following the NHL's lead with the bubble. Kind of going with the baseball route where, you know, guys can come and go. They're going to be doing the testing. 
I guess, what are your thoughts on the plan the NFL has put forward? And yeah, to JR's point, how far into this, this experiment do you think we're going to get before, you know, things maybe go sideways or maybe you're a little bit more optimistic with this thing and feel like, you know, we're going to be able to ride it all the way out. Yeah. I'm not as optimistic. I'm, I mean, I mean, it's clear the last couple of weeks we watched the NFL basically say we hadn't had any conversations about a plan uh, until a week ago. Like, they, they weren't talking to players. They weren't doing none of that because they they were told back in April or whatever, whenever they shut down, that things would be better by end of July. But they weren't planning for in case it doesn't. Like, that's my whole thing. You have a – like JR said, you got a billion-dollar business – and y'all didn't have people planning worst case scenarios out and making sure, Hey, if we, if, if things aren't going to be better by the time we hit August, what do we do in that? In the, well, what do we do in that case? We have all this time to plan. Uh, we, you watch teams like the NBA say, Hey, we'll, we're going to actually put ourselves into a bubble because we know we need to have our league. We want to have our league and we want our players to play. Uh, the NFL didn't do that. Obviously there are more players in the NFL than the NBA it's a lot harder to contain that many people. Um, so, like, I understand taking the, the baseball model of doing kind of everything you're going to have to do in your own home state, in your own, like, stadiums and all that, people still traveling. I get it. But the plan needs to be about finishing the season, not starting the season. Starting the seasons, anybody, everybody's going to be able to do that. It's about how you finishing the season because most of these sports are so long, like the – NFL season, if you if they were to start on time, it's supposed to go all the way through February till February. Come on now. Like that that's crazy. Like to expect right now, if people were to just continue to go on doing what they're doing right now, to pretend that the NFL season would, would last without all the amount of outbreaks, you got possible deaths, all these things that could happen. It's crazy. Like and I just don't know what they're gonna do about it. I missed I don't even remember the, the other question you had about it, like um yeah, I don't even know what they're going to do. I mean, again, it's hard it's hard to take another business model like the NBA and and have a bubble, but you got you you got to figure this out because again, so much money's on the line. And they're, now they're like threatening the players by saying that the cap's going to be less. They're going to spread out the cap. They well they've already agreed to it now, but the cap hit's going to get spread out and it's going to be lowered. So now that just means players are going to get paid less, but when that revenue starts to creep back up, the owners are going to see so much of that anyway. So I, it's a, it's a crazy business. And all I, all I know is, is you got billionaires asking millionaires to take less. So that's the way it goes. And always those, those millionaires should be happy with what they get. Uh, right. Prince, I, at least as a Minnesota fan, I guess with everything that's come out recently, do you feel better? Do you feel good about what you're seeing, reading, coming out about, the team and how they're preparing for everything related to COVID, the things that they've set up. I guess, what are your thoughts on how the Vikings have handled things specific to, yeah, the, the virus and, and everything else that's going on as we, we get to, you know, the season maybe potentially kicking off with rookies reporting, you know, this past week. Yeah. I, 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 I think that the Vikings have done uh, probably as good as, as any of these organizations could have done as far as preparing themselves. Um, it doesn't really seem like they are um, – they're not taking it seriously. They are requiring their staff to, you know, use PPE. Um, you know, they're taking precautionary things as much as they can do to keep you know, the players actually showing up and whatnot. Um, 
so I mean, I'm like, I'm not disappointed in them at all from a, from an organization standpoint. Um, something that Miles was kind of touching on is just like, you know, we are really seeing the the difference between, you know, corporate America versus just non-corporate America, right? Obviously these corporations, they have um, their entire model and plan is to continue to bring in people who are going to continue to improve and grow that corporation. Um, and that that's great, obviously, if you start to see your corporation growing, um, but the problem is, is you're not bringing enough people who um, are kind of the risk management type people, the asset management type people who are going to be able to navigate the waters of, okay, if this scenario happens, how do we, how do we plan for it? And you are seeing a lot of organizations not, not really being able to do anything because they are like, okay, we don't have anybody or we don't have plans in place. So we just have to keep um, plugging ahead and kind of what, as JR was saying, this really forces uh, the bigger organizations to um, essentially say, hey, we'll let people die because we have to keep this train going. Um, and obviously, you know, even as it looks in the Vikings, I mean, you know, what happens if we have a Vikings player that dies? You know, uh, like, what are we going to do? I mean, uh, it, it, it is going to be challenging if, if, if someone does get sick and um, – and not just like shows symptoms, but like actually passes away because of this. Um, so answer, to answer your question, um, I'm glad the Vikings have been doing uh, everything that they should be doing. And it looks like they're taking all the precautions from, from every aspect of the organization, not just players, but marketing and all other stuff. Um, but ideally, as we all think, we just really shouldn't be having a season, but billion dollar organization. All right. Well, uh, you're, you're happy with the Vikings about that. Now I'm going to tear you up for something that I know you're a little less happy with the Vikings about. So uh, let's just keep going along here and, and maybe making people a little bit upset at you here. Prince, and, uh, talk to me about why you're so upset about Mike Zimmer being signed to uh, that contract extension. Let I'm me know. not upset. I, I'm, I'm really uh, Hey, I, hey, no but, moonwalking okay. now because, you Sorry. know, we, we got screenshots in here that we can pull up. I need I you to not, keep the same energy, my friend. <laughs> I am not upset. Here's what I'll say. I am definitely indifferent. Um, I will say that, like... It's the same thing. Um, You're saying it in a nicer way. No, my our argument was about the Wilfs. That was what, what I was upset about. But the Wilfs an extension of their decision to extend Mike Zimmer. Now, I don't have a problem with Mike Zimmer because he's, like, obviously he's the third winningest coaches in uh, a Vikings franchise. He's the third... Um, Honestly, they're probably third best coach if we're just if we're just looking at it from a win percentage standpoint or just win standpoint. I mean, obviously, if we're thinking about it from like even a defensive standpoint, probably the best coach that we've ever had. Um, but here's my problem with it. Um, obviously, he's entering his final season. Um, I don't know if you necessarily gain or lose anything by extending him right now. Um, because I think Mike Zimmer is the kind of person he's like, I don't care if I'm in my final season, I'm going to coach my team and I'm going to be, uh, want to try to win us a Super Bowl. Um, he doesn't seem like he's the guy who would let the late, I mean, if anything, he would probably use that as, as, you know, his underdog, you know, they hate to see us win. They hate to see us blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm, I'm indifferent to it just because, you know, I, I get why they extend it because you extend to Kirk it makes sense to extend Zimmer and then, by extension, uh, uh, Spielman. Um, but the reason why I'm like, you didn't really need to, because at the end of the day, um, 
I think Zim still has to prove some stuff. I mean, we fired uh, Denny Green when he was performing, like the team was performing really well. So I, I don't, um, you know, as, as much as I see the Vikings being a team that could win this season and probably will win this season, uh, do I think they're a Super Bowl caliber team right now? I don't. So, so, extending- so more specifically, what is it about Zimmer that you feel he needs to improve? What is it that you're, given everything you said, your third winning is coach, you know, you're looking at his resume, he's overcome, you know, quarterbacks being hurt, quarterbacks leaving, OCs leaving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and still has the Vikings, you know, in contention, you know, on paper most seasons. What is it that you're not liking about Zim? And uh, I guess the next question is, who is it that you'd be looking to that you'd feel would be an upgrade to Mike Zimmer if you're, you're not really in the Team Zim camp? Um, his model is an outdated model that, though he has perfected, in my opinion, perfected it to the point where it does keep the team contending. It is an outdated model, and it is a, a model that is unfortunately um, not sustainable, and we've seen that year in, year out. We've either... 2014, we're in the playoffs. 2015, we're in the playoffs. 2015, we're not, or 2016, we're not in the playoffs. And so on and so forth. It keeps following that pattern because, yes, his his style will always keep us in contention for the playoffs, right? He'll always make us a team that, oh, we're going to be a playoff team. But after we get to that hump, it's like, okay, I don't have any confidence that we're going to do it, make any noise at all, right? Um Honestly, the, the one time I felt like we could have made some noise was the 2017, way back then when we were 13-3. and three. Um, And then to answer your second question, um, I, I think I'm similar to you guys where I, I think I want us to move more towards an offensive-minded coach. Um, Eric, uh, uh, be, I'm, I'm sorry, being to me. That's how you pronounce Yeah. Um, I think he would probably be a, a better option to move forward as far as that and if not him another offensive minded coach that's um that we could really take this team over the hump knowing that you already have some of the defensive players in place okay miles what are your thoughts on prince not being upset being indifferent about the the long-term signing of mike zimmer and i guess what were your thoughts when when the news came through where were you in the prince camp do you feel like you know zim doesn't get the respect he deserves where are you at on the spectrum of, of feelings when it comes to Mike Zimmer being extended for another another handful of years here. I'll start off by saying I think Zimmer is a, a very good coach. I don't think anybody should be able to question that. Um, I think his track record has shown it, especially when you look at the amount of quarterbacks he's had to deal with, the amount of offensive coordinators, which part of that is on him. But overall, the, the, like, the fact that he's had to deal with the amount of like um, disruption and, and such that he has. Um, he's a very good coach. Um, I'm not surprised the extension came. I actually am surprised we didn't see Rick Spielman tied to it as well. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. Um, I'm not especially surprised. Once I saw the Kirk Cousins extension happen before, uh, during free agency, I expected Rick and Zim to kind of get a similar type of like extension um, for their contracts too, just because they seem to be tied to each other at this point. Um, like I'm, I'm not even saying that Zim, like Zim himself, brought Kirk in, but the overall like short-term contracts and like the leash all these guys are getting, it really feels that they're kind of tied together. And I'm okay doing that. I mean, I I believe 
you're going to ride and die with Kirk, then you're going to ride and die with Kirk. And your contract probably is going to say it. And I think it makes sense for Zim to have a, a three-year extension. And um, obviously a coach is a lot different than a player because there's no cap implications. So you can cut, um, you could cut or fire Zim tomorrow if they wanted to. And the only hit they're taking, the Wilfs are the ones taking the hit, but the, the cap in itself isn't getting affected there. So um extensions are really all that like if the Vikings go sideways this year I wouldn't be like don't be surprised if Zim got fired um but at the same time to to uh, Prince's point he does keep this team very competitive um my I've always had the biggest issue with Zim are the fact that if you you're going to be a head coach you got to have a little bit of um I struggle with his favoritism toward the defense but I'm okay with that because that's his niche but if you're going to do that, then you got to let the offense be the offense. you got to kind of like stay out of it. And he did that when he first came to Minnesota with North Turner. I thought that was – that he did a pretty good job. Um, and that doesn't mean he should not be involved in the offense. I just think we saw in 2018, especially 2016, his idea that you got to run the football was – and it wasn't just like a, I need you guys to run the football. It was I needed to be a, a ball-controlled specific type of offense I need to run rather than just saying, hey, I, I, my defense, I'd like to just slow things down a little bit. He just, I think he put a little bit too much into it, in my opinion. Um, and then obviously with John D. Filippo, he didn't really um, have any patience for that at all. And I understand it. That offense didn't run as well. The, the personnel wasn't there. Fine. Um, but my hope is when you have an established OC like Gary Kubiak, that he'd be willing to um, kind of pull back and let Gary Kubiak do his thing because Kubiak knows – more about offense than Zim does. And I hope he kind of sees that and can let that happen. But uh, I'm not mad about a Zim extension. It doesn't surprise me at all. Hey, well, to the point you, you brought there that uh, Zim wants an offense that looks a certain way. And, and like Prince said, most of us would say that, um, yeah, that run first offense is uh, not the ideal type of offense in, in today's NFL. Um but that's where we are. That's what the, the team wants to do. And the focal point of that offense has been Dalvin Cook. And as many have shown, Nick Olson has posted stats about it. When we are running, you know, wide zone with Dalvin Cook, it is highly effective. Um, you know, Dalvin, Hook in, Dalvin Cook, excuse me, in many ways, was the, the engine of the Vikings offense. Um, and he's not happy about his contract situation. Miles... Uh, especially given now that, you know, his agent had some things to say. Uh, where do you see this going? Is Dalvin going to report? I mean, the CBA kind of compels him to, but his agent saying some things, making some noise, trying to get some things done. If you're a betting person, how do you think this all plays out with the Vikings? Is Dalvin playing the rest of the season on his current deal? Is he getting extended? Like, what's it looking like, especially given that the your free agent class for, for 2021 when it comes to running backs is uh, I mean, there's some, some pretty good talent that's out there. So the price is probably not going to be what any of these guys want to see. And I also think with the capital implication, implications being what they're, they're going to be, the Vikings, maybe there's, a, there's been a stall in their kind of like negotiations because the Vikings might have at one point been willing to give him a little bit more than what they originally offered. Um, but then you obviously have the cap lowering in 2021. Um, that could that to me probably plays the biggest impact because what you don't want to do is start adding um, new money to, to guys if you do believe that they could possibly be replaceable if they're not willing to take a number that you're willing to give 
Um, Dalvin Cook, unfortunately for him, fits into that category of you play a position. We can Gary Kubek especially has proven this. I could go and find a few uh, a couple guys for cheap that could run this this scheme and the offensive the run game would be successful. Our play action game is going to be successful no matter what whoever's doesn't matter who's back there. Um, and that and that's not to say Dalvin Cook's not a, a really good player. Um, so I believe. I mean, I still believe the Vikings are going to find a way to get a deal done. I think they've just proven that they want to. Um, and I think it's all about um, the guaranteed money that they're willing to give Dalvin at this point. And um, the Vikings have shown that running backs are, are players that they're willing to pay or, pay or willing to spend, whether it's in draft capital or money. So um, nothing would surprise me at all if um, we heard by next week that he, uh, he has a new contract extension. But um, to your point, Jason, I think with the new CBA, him holding out is probably not going to happen. Um, he's not going to lose in a crude season uh, for that reason. I think he would probably be stupid to do that at this point because then he just becomes a restricted free agent and the Vikings could just then literally pay him less money next year than what he would get on the market. So, um, yeah, he just wouldn't – it wouldn't be smart for him to to hold out right now. And, Prince, you know, obviously back in the beginning of our of our internet friendship, much of our discussion were, were centered around – should running backs get paid? Should they not get paid? And we're kind of back to a similar situation. We're back then. A lot of what you talked about was Adrian Peterson, focal point of the offense, so he deserves to get paid. Here we are spinning forward with Dalvin Cook, focal point of the offense, very skilled player. Should he get paid? What are your thoughts on that? Um, He should get paid, but not nearly as much as what he – wants to get paid that sounds like a long way of saying no yes um that is a very long way of saying no um the reality of it is is um i think whatever his 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 cap hit is going to be um will hurt the vikings uh just because he's going to he's going to command more than what his position is worth he's going to probably command 10 plus more million dollars and that's probably $5 million than any of us are willing to spend on that position. Um, and not just single person, but probably on the entirety of the whole position. Uh, but the reality of it is, is the, un- the unfortunate part is he is the focal point of the, the offense. So it's hard for me to say, like, don't pay him. If you have constructed your entire offense around him, you, you should pay him. Cause my other argument would just be, okay, then just don't make him the focal point of the offense and switch that over to Kirk or whoever else you're going to. And, and then you don't have to worry about like, okay, well, what is our drop-off going to be? Because our, our, our seemingly our best offensive player is, is not, uh, it's not going to be around. So what are we going to do as far as what the offense looks like? Um, so no, don't pay Dalvin though. I'm with miles. And I think that they are going to pay him. And I think they're probably going to pay him 12 plus more million dollars a year in order for, for, for him to stay with us. Okay. Well, we, we, we got Jr. back. So, you know, while we have him, I'm going to throw him, throw in a question to make sure before he has to go and run and try to get the twins back down again. Uh, Jr. obviously you are our draft guy around here. You've probably done the most digging, most research into these players and the Vikings, obviously they picked a lot of people. Um, when you think about the guys, the Vikings have brought in who what positions, which people do you think will be most hurt by this weird offseason that we've had, this shortened offseason? And then which, if any, do you think any of these players 
um, might actually get a leg up uh, either, you know, vets or, or young guys coming in by the fact that, you know, the season, the off season looks a little different than it normally would have. Um, I mean, it's really hard to say who could benefit from it just because with rookies, I think it's really vital that they get reps. And what I mean by reps is not studying at a playbook, not looking at a computer screen and not listening in a Zoom meeting. Like the best way to learn an offense is to be actually in it and getting those reps in practice just because that's where you learn from your mistakes. And I mean, that's just from playing experience, like especially a quarterback, you really only learn when facing those live bullets. So, like, at quarterback, there's no way you could sit down and just digest an entire playbook without being out there and exactly going through everything just because you get a feel for your personnel. You get to see, like, the timing of everything that's going on. And that's why I think, like, um, I think I think defense is going to be easier on those guys just because uh, with defense, you really just have to be in a certain spot, especially in Zimmer's defense. And man coverage is man coverage, no matter what it is. Um, you have certain places that you have to be and zone coverage, and, I mean, that just comes with the reps. But we all know with football backgrounds that zone coverage is zone coverage and then man coverage is man coverage. But with a guy like Justin Jefferson, it's much more difficult just because with these routes you have particular side adjustments that you have to alter on coverages. You have certain route dips that you have to hit. And then you have to get the timing down with Kirk Cousins, which is a whole entity in itself. So I think it's going to be much easier on the defensive guys, but on – on the offensive guys, I think it's going to be much more difficult. And with those defensive guys, I guess if you were guessing, do you think we see a more simplified kind of look from Zim this year? Because in years past, like if we're going to be relying on a lot of young guys in in the defensive backfield this year. Um, in years past, like young DBs have struggled a little bit coming into Zim's system. Do you think we see a different system this year? Things look more simple. Or are we just running more straight man versus like the – you know, you know, coverage, pattern matching type stuff that Zim was doing before. Like, guess what is your kind of guess on, on how Mike Zimmer adjusts to, to deal with the fact that, like, players just weren't getting those reps that they would typically be getting? I think it's going to be a really tricky year for Zimmer just because we know he's basically a defensive wizard. He's going to have all these creative packages and advanced coverage that he wants to do, but he has to understand the personnel that he's dealing with this year. You're going to have basically three brand new starters on the back end of your defense as far as cornerback. Um, Mackenzie Alexander's gone. Obviously, we know Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes are gone. So you're going to have three new starters on the perimeter. And we know the corners are so important in this defense. And we've all agreed that pass rush is very vital. But in Zimmer's defense, it's all about the defensive backfield. And the based on how those guys play and how the development goes, I think it can make or break how good this defense can be. And this is like an underlying reason why I think Everson Griffin is ultimately going to be back is because they're going to have to find a way to rush the passer this year, especially with those young defensive backs. Those guys aren't really going to be able to hold up a whole bunch. And we have some veterans back there, but a guy like Holton Hill, who is still very young in playing years, he hasn't had a bulk of the reps just because for off-field issues. And then he's just had better guys and more experienced guys in front of him. And then Mike Hughes, we know the injury concerns that he's had, but he's only played a nickel for the most part. So the outside is really going to be relatively new for him. So the Vikings have to figure out a way to generate a ton of pressure with the front seven. Otherwise, it's going to be really rough on this secondary. And they're, they're, their safeties are really good. We know Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith are really good, but you still have to have guys on the outside. And we know in the NFC North, there's some very talented receivers, man. You got Devontae Adams. Those two guys up in Detroit are very good. And Allen Robinson is a very underrated receiver as well. So they're seeing big-time number one receivers week in and week out. So they have to figure out a way 
to figure out this cornerback situation or it's going to be very rough on them. Yeah. So, so Prince, let me, uh, let me go to you here, you know, cause JR, he talked about kind of, you know, some sides of the ball some, and, and talked about Justin Jefferson a little bit, but like, if you're looking at things, I'm going to force you to be positive here. Cause you've been like, you know, so, so on Zim, you know, doom and gloom when it comes to the season being played or not. I'm going to need you to like dig deep here. Give me a player. Give me someone you think might actually benefit from the fact that there isn't, you know, the regular offseason. And uh, someone who maybe we thought going into the offseason, like, yeah, he's out of here, that, you know, we'll be sliding into a job as we, we start the season. So we, we've probably seen the arguments on the timeline. So I'm going to say one person. I'm going to say Sean Mannion, actually. Um because I think we all can say that uh, Nate Stanley is a better quarterback as far as being getting that QB2 job. And I think if we had camp battles, I think that he would probably run away with that QB2 job. Uh, but the fact that – I think so. I believe Nate, Nate, Nate Stanley is better than Sean Mannion. But, again – I'm not even trying to, trying to defend Sean Mannion. I'm no, <laughs> I, I, I just – but I'm, I'm just saying, I just think that Nate Stanley is, is – of those two – Again, we're we're arguing over Sean Manning and Nate Stanley, which we all know how we feel about that. Uh, but I think I think obviously being a veteran, um, being the guy that he, he's, um, you know, he's had those several years as far as reps and whatnot. Uh, Nate Stanley's not going to have that, so he's not really going to be able to be the guy that we're going to ask to take over the offense if something happens to Kirk Cousins. So he gets he gets COVID, he gets injured. Um, you know, we're asking who's going to step in there, and it you know, not having an, an, an off season much uh, is to his benefit, in my opinion. Um, so is that to the Vikings benefit? I don't know. But as far as Sean Manning, I think, I think that puts him in a really good position to lock up that QB2 job for at least the, the first part of the season. Um, but I, I also don't know how much uh, Nate Stanley is going to be able to get reps as far as uh, within the season, because I mean, all those reps are going to be given through to the first two guys. Miles, what about you? Is there anyone that you kind of going into this offseason were like, that guy is probably going to get cut. But now you're like, I don't know. Maybe he might stick around because, you know, younger guys or people I thought might get to replace him might not get the reps we thought they were going to get. Chad, baby. No. <laughs> uh, no, for real, though. Uh, two, I'll, give, I'll give two. And I don't, even, I don't even know if one of them I expect to get cut anyways. But Shamar Steffen's one of those guys. Um, I, I, I believe they could cut him, and I think it'd be fine, but they're not going to. We know they're not going to, but they're especially not going to now, and we know how much they seem to like Shamar Stefan, but he's even going to get even less competition or amount of time for a competition to lose his job right now. So I think that's a guy that I could see um, obviously sticking around, but playing more than he probably should at this point too. Um, I think Stefan's one of those guys, and I think – Tajay Sharp, kind of to, to Jair's point about Justin Jefferson, I still think they're going to find a way to get Jefferson on the field, which is a good thing. I think, you know, you could find ways to kind of get into three receiver sets. But I think Sharp coming from an offense from Tennessee that's very similar to the Vikings in terms of terminology, run heavy, um, I think there's a lot of those similarities that he can kind of come into and not have to uh, adjust as much. Obviously, he knows the NFL game more than Je Jefferson does. Um, but he's played the X receiver position as well. And so he might be able to come in a little easier um, and like transition that position a little easier than Jefferson would because of the lack of reps. Um, obviously him not having familiarity with the team and, and Kirk is going to hurt him, but I think he's going to have an obvious leg up over Jefferson right now. 
Um, but at some point, I'm sure Jefferson probably will take that over and, and be the number two guy. But I think early on, I could see Sharp being kind of the, the guy as like the number two receiver. I'm right here. Well, JR, bring me home. This is something, it's a question I put on here just for you because you put it on the timeline kind of in jest. But also, I figured I'm going to ask you about it here anyway. You've talked about like an NFL lottery a couple of times. And so, yeah, what would that look like if something did happen? They go another way and they're like, yeah, we really actually can't do this. We can't have a season. Help me understand. Help the listeners understand. Like, how are they going to do a lottery? What's that look like? Yeah, so a couple of things here. I don't think it will be possible to do like an, like an actual NFL draft lottery, how the NBA does it. But an idea that was brought to me, I think it was Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, and it made a lot of sense. And he said, basically take the averages of the team's record over the past three to five seasons and then do it that way, as opposed to just uh, basing it on last season. But then comes a team like the 49ers, who I've stumped the past few years, but they were very good last year. And then you don't want them ending up getting the top draft pick. So you just have to understand that there's not going to be any formula that satisfies everybody. But if you do like a true NBA-style lottery, I don't think that's going to satisfy a lot of people just because there's so many good teams that have high chances of getting a top overall pick. And I just think like a team like, let's say like New England, even giving them a 1% chance to get the number one overall pick and then they end up with Trevor Lawrence, nobody's going to be happy about that. So I don't think an NBA-style lottery will work. I think the best thing to do is just take the average record of teams over the past three to five seasons, however far you want to go, and just try to do it that way. But it seems like we're going to get an NFL season. So that that idea is thrown out the window. Yeah, Miles, how about you? If you if you had to figure out a way to, to set up an NFL lottery, what might that look like for you? Uh, just throw all the names in a bucket and, <laughs> and, and, and go take the NBA model, I guess. I, I've, I honestly never really thought about it. I think – I've uh, never really been too big of a fan of a lottery anyways, but, but I, I, I think, I mean, it could be fun. I mean, I think, I think what it is, it's fun for us, but I just don't think as like a fan of a specific team, I think it can hurt because you're never guaranteed anything that like based off record and all some of that stuff. So, uh, but I, I like the idea. It could be fun. It'd just be another way for us to be disappointed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Vikings oh. finally have a chance at like a Trevor Lawrence and, and they get the four, the third pick instead. We get like the third pick, yeah. Yeah. Nate Stanley will, will save us. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Pence. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, JR, you obviously, you've been busy with work, with some other stuff. You got the new pod going. Let the folks know what you've been up to, where they can find it. And, uh, yeah. Hey, can I back up to Zoom? Of course. About his extension, I didn't have yeah. the, I didn't get a chance to get any input, but um, I think the Vikings have kind of fell in love with being pretty good, if that makes sense. And they're kind of scared to see what's behind door number two, just because they're so comfortable with what's behind door number one. But yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, and I should have dropped it in group me when I was thinking about it. I think the situation with Zim is a little bit different this go around, and I say that because if you think about Pat Shermer, you think about John De Filippo and uh, who was the OC last year, Kevin Stefanski, all those guys were looking to get head coaching jobs elsewhere. Now with Gary Kubiak, I think it's a little bit different to where he's not out going to be looking for a head coaching position as an offensive coordinator. So I think this could end up working out for Zimmer just because he's now under, or he has a guy under him 
as offensive coordinator who's kind of going to feel it at home in that situation to where he just wants to peak as an offensive coordinator. That's all he wants to be with Gary Kubiak. And that's not to say that a team may come in and try to swoop Gary Kubiak just because we all know money talks no matter how old these NFL coaches are, and especially if he gets this offense clicking. But I think just on the hoof and what it looks like, I think the situation is a little bit different and it could end up working out for them just because of where Kubiak is at this point in his career and him not having head coaching desires. I mean, I guess I would just ask, like, what happened with Norv then? Because you know, like they were still looking to be ahead, and and that was supposed that was supposed to be a similar situation, and then like that whole thing blew up. And Norv, I I think so. Norv definitely has a bigger ego than Kubiak, and that's not to say Kubiak doesn't have an ego, but Norv's definitely more hard headed than Kubiak. I think we can kind of tell from that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, well, hopefully. Fingers crossed, things work out differently. So I'll circle back with a very awkward segue here. JR, new podcast. Tell <laughs> us bad. about it. Tell the folks. Yeah. So I launched a new podcast called The Read Option, uh, something that's coupled with the Draft Network. Um, had a lot of good guests on already. Kirk Herbstreet, college game day, which was my very first uh, guest. He did a great job. Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator from Michigan, was my latest guest. I have another one. I'm here that I'm not going to announce right now. I got a lot of special things planned. So I'm really excited about that. It's on every single podcast platform as well. So go check it out. It's called The Read Option. All right. Miles Prince, either y'all got anything you want to tell people about? Miles, what, where should people look for you to play some 2K? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> uh, leave me alone with that. Um, I, don't need, I don't need that. That's smoke. Um, no, I don't. Honestly, uh, we've all talked, but. I've had a lot of stuff going on <laughs> the last few weeks, month. Uh, if any of y'all know me, you'll, you'll know. But, um, but yeah, so uh, I've been kind of trying to, like, build off a lot of that stuff. So um, if anybody wants to talk about it, they can hit me up. But, yeah. Yeah, man. You've been busy doing doing some of that real work. Yeah, Prince, yeah, like my that. man, anything we should be looking for? What you up to other than growing out your hair? <laughs> Well, uh, both the industries that I, uh, outside of my main job, are shut down. I don't know if you guys know, but there's no music or acting uh, happening right now. Um, So I'm just really just focusing on, I have a building to open up right now. So I'll just do that. It's going to open up in about a month. So that's just what I've been up to. All right. That is it. That is all. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. We just lost JR again as uh, they are trying to, to, to get some, some twins on a sleep schedule. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. So, as always, gentlemen, it's a pleasure talking to you listeners. Thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, yeah, with football coming back, uh, we will be back on a more regular cadence. So we will talk to you soon. Have a good one.